Okay, like, the monster's name is even Arado. Yeah. I mean, like, they weren't even, like... It was intentional, wasn't that it? That was very intentional. I mean, yeah. Like, How is it even spelled? I don't know. It's spelled with an E, right? Like, and it obviously looks like a giant phallus. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, a glowing. And, and when the doctor blew on it, like, oh my god, oh. I almost died. Oh, <laughs> it was so cringe. <laughs> E-R-A-T-O. Oh, my god. So it was intentional. Yes. It was 100% intentional. Yes. If that's what you want to believe. I, how could it not have been? How could anyone well, have looked at that creature and not been like, oh, guys. Well, but did it inspire the design? Did the design inspire the name? All I know is that uh, it has this name, and I don't know. Oh, it had its name first, and then they did design it afterwards. Is that what you're saying? Well, That's, I mean, you know, either way. <laughs> either way, it doesn't matter. I think it's... Uh, it, it was, it's, yeah. It is what it is. I and agree, so Colin. much so. <laughs> yeah. And if it was if it was the biggest coincidence in the history of coincidences. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, it was at least subconsciously done on purpose. I mean, if, if nothing else, you know, uh, the doctor, you know, definitely took some liberties with the script, I think, in, in, in prop. <laughs> I think uh, the props might have just encouraged it. I, oh. I think that was Tom Baker that did that, and I, I'm sure, I don't know how they weren't, like, bursting out into Oh, laughter. I'm sure they were. I'm there sure they so had to cut that takes. scene, like, yeah. It was a team effort. Yeah, I don't know. Welcome to the Hoovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. Colin's president accounted for. And Jeremy's still here. <laughs> still here. Oh, interesting. Um, didn't know you stayed overnight. <laughs> well, I didn't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> best, best advice ever. Okay. Okay. Now I know your secret. We are locking the doors tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good idea. Both any rate, windows. tonight, based on what we've already said, you might have gathered that we are actually talking about The Creature from the Pit, which is a third story from season 17. With Tom Baker in Ooh. the 70s. Was that the, the title of this? The Creature from the Pit? Yeah. The Creature from the Pit. Uh, oh, the great monster of the week story and in, in name right there. Yes, I will have to say there is definitely an entertainment value to this episode. For you mean some, like the wolf weeds? The wolf weeds. Oh my gosh, they just kind of—it's like being attacked by bouncy balls <laughs> <laughs> or Nerf balls. Yeah, <laughs> giant tumbleweeds, and I agree. Like, although I do have to say, I think that um, like 
my favorite scene in this whole story was in episode four where the doctor starts communicating with the creature and they just have this like absurd banter going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Lady Rasta's like, um, he's just talking and he's like, okay, you do it. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. Although, honestly, my two prize scenes is whenever canine is stuck in the in the wolf weed. Like, <laughs> so like, and because, you, because they did the muffled voice saying like, I'm over here. <laughs> Canine is just, you know, icing on the cake to any, you know, episodes. And he was very important in this episode, too. Very important. I didn't realize how functional he was as just a mobile weapon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, that was... Sometimes more so. You know, he does need somebody to, you know, put him down or or pick him up over... Traverse a few things, but... Mm -hmm. That was one You can't just hold him up like a big gun and and use a a mirror to reflect, you know, some beams here and there. (laughs) He was bossy, too. He was like, excuse me, guard, take me down from this place. (laughs) That's one of the criticisms of K-9, actually, is because he becomes like a sonic screwdriver or psychic papers that you just kind of walk into a situation with canine, you're pretty much got a solution for just about anything. Except for yeah, he's always running out of power. In most of yeah. this episode, you actually see that he was able to be thwarted by, you know, ancient technologies, you know, <laughs> and, and just some uh, random plants. monsters. <laughs> monsters, yeah. That, that was the best, though. It, it didn't make much sense, given the fact that no. that he could just blast his way through them, probably. No, but it I, think, I think the idea was that there was such an, a number of them, and they seemed to always leave, like, a cobweb residue wherever they went. So I think they were kind of like holding down. I bottom line, it was not fully thought out. <laughs> I don't think a lot. I think there was only one thing fully thought out in this entire series, and it probably shouldn't have Metal been. <laughs> well, I will give uh, credit to one character that I liked was the huntsman. I think he was kind of he was actually the most open minded of the of all the people on this whole planet. Oh, no, man. O- Obernon, that guy was a G. Oh, yeah, or- yeah or- <laughs> the, you mean Organon. The astrologist who was just like, yeah, I just really I don't have much respect for stars. astrology, but, you know, what, what a guy. I just realized his name is Organon. 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 That's just phallic by itself. Okay, just the, everything is now pointing in that direction. It was the uh-huh. 70s. Yeah. It was, definitely. Um, and then we had La- Lady Adastra was, I think, probably one of the more over-the-top villains that we've had. She was, like, yes. her makeup was, like, Maleficent, yes. you know? It oh, was. yeah. She was, like, a cartoon character. I and actually will say I liked her makeup, though. Like, it was cool, but... Yeah. It yeah, was... if you if you just took a picture of everyone who was in this, you knew who the villain was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the old lady, uh, Corella, was, could also be Wait. definitely considered... And she was also a villain, and it, it showed... <laughs> She looked like a... She had that really pointy nose, so it made her kind of look kind she, of... It feels like she had the wrinkles yeah, that were just set in after a, a lifetime of scowling. Uh-huh. If all the old woman had to do was give someone an apple at one point, you have yeah. you have Melissa already there, and the Huntsman. No, that that's the evil queen. I know, but I'm saying, like, you know what I'm saying? is that like you have... Yeah. She was, but she had the outf the because of the makeup design. Yeah, sort of Maleficent. So you're you're mixing up fairy tales. Maleficent is Sleeping Beauty. Oh, Evil sorry. Queen is Snow White. Oh, Evil Queen. That's what I mean. What I'm trying to say though is, I see it all that they yeah. definitely inspired by it. For sure. And it's fairy tale magic. Mm-hmm. You know, shooting stars in the sky, going for other stars, explode <laughs> them. 
I mean, it, so it was kind of a, an interesting concept because it does make sense that an advanced alien species who's like, oh, we have a deficiency of, you know, chlorophyll and we've got a surplus of metal. Let's find another planet that has the opposite and go trade with them. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems like a reasonable approach. But then they're like, oh, and if you guys mess with us at all, we're going to blow up your sun. <laughs> I think that came after the fact. I, I don't think they ever listened to that threat part at all. I think it's... Yeah, I mean, it, that didn't actually make a lot of sense to me. I mean, uh, the creature was definitely coming here as an ambassador. Clearly, I think they had the they had the force to take over and get all the resources they wanted to. They were trying to do it in an upbeat, you know, happy way with mutual agreement and, and trust. But then, you know, when, when one person was caught and hampered down... They just destroyed to destroy the whole solar system, including that person, and, and all the resources, the valuable resources that they needed to survive. Yeah, it seems like there would be a different approach coming yeah. to oh. town. Oh, definitely. The the the, I mean, the over uh, over the top response to of aggression was. Definitely an odd choice. And it wasn't I mean, like there, there was a lot... ready to go there, I mean, you would have thought, you know, sort of an ambassador crew would be like, oh, let's just take over and colonize this place, our chlorophyll now. Honestly... Why don't you go down in the mines and, you know, mine us the chlorophyll? If they can just, like, birth out a spaceship, they can birth... Who knows what else stuff they can just make on the fly. Aluminum shells for <laughs> old neutron stars? Right. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, it's not like they no. had like a really complex plot that they you know couldn't tie up all these loose ends with. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't like a whole lot that actually happened in this story. I mean, it was unique, but like you know, it was a pretty basic, straightforward type of plot. They could have noticed that mistake. <laughs> I mean, they did have some different turns and elements to it. You know, you think the story's going in one direction for a little bit, and we don't really know the mystery of the creature. Then when we think everything's all resolved, oh, the whole planet's about to be destroyed. So it definitely goes through a different, a few different uh, routes and lines, and, you know. They're, they're, but there's, of course, there's always opportunities for, for improvement. It I, seemed like the, the ending, or the second ending, I guess you could say, seemed a little bit tacked on. It just it, I like, mean, it's, it's like, like they, it's like they had time they, to fill and so yeah they ran out of crisis. time because they 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 solved everything with regards to the creature coming out of the pit in the first place so mm-hmm. let's add yet another element to it and it just that's I, I think why yeah, it wasn't I mean it's up. going back to like stories being beholden to the structure of the time frames that they have yeah I, I think Shelby always goes for the stories should be as long as they need to be to to be told Which and not any longer but i think there's always a contraction or an expansion mm-hmm. um that that things are lost you know when you're adhering to that kind of non-streaming structure well, that we have today uh, although yeah. I, I will say just for props on the second ending on this, it was nice to see the TARDIS's gravitational powers be used because it is kind of a cool thing about the TARDIS is that it's another dimension inside there. It's always messing with gravity or it would, you know, break through the core of every planet it lands on. <laughs> and to, you know, see them actually use that as a tool was kind of neat. Now, should it have been in this episode? Did it make the whole situation, did it make any sense? No. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, we could some sense if you weren't thinking too. <laughs> that was that was the important thing to do. Don't think too hard on this one. Just I, I think as you, put, as you put it earlier at one point while we were watching, 
It's an entertaining thing, and that's all it needs to be. Well, but here's the thing is that kids watch the show. Sorry, just coming back to the monster for a second. But they don't, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to say it follows the rule of who framed Roger Rabbit. That's it. Is that a rabbit in your pants, or are you just having to see me? A kid's going to watch that movie, and when that joke said in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as I did when I was a kid, I laughed because there's a rabbit in his pants. All the parents laughed because... Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, he's doing something silly with a weird, you know, with structure. Rabbit, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really not overtly sexual unless you've been exposed to, <laughs> to enough. No pun intended. Yeah. I mean, I mean, now now everyone's exposed. I would not it. say that the doctor blew this up at all. No. I would say he blew it. <laughs> he blew it out of proportion. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of blowing going around here. <laughs> I mean, he literally blew on it. <laughs> I know, and I don't know if Tom Baker knew what he was doing at the time. How could he not? He knew exactly he knew what, what he was, was doing. doing. I think he was an experienced guy back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. Yeah, he was not the young child going to see Roger Rabbit in this interaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he also had, I mean, he was an actor that had kids in mind when he was doing this, so he may have just been absolutely bonkers silly. No, it, it, but it is silly. But there's always a thing about a joke that can play to both crowds. You can do that. You can do that. I'm not, no, I don't know. I mean, and if they're going to be bold enough to make that creature and to name it Erato, then, Erato. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Tom Baker would have picked up on that, I'm sure. So... I mean, that just kind of goes to the genius of his acting and his ability genius. to 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 work work behind in front of the camera. I mean, he just I he, mean, he really worked it. It was a whole job that he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot was going in this particular. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> that one took Michael a while. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the doctor's old, but he was really going into the oldest profession. You know. <laughs> I mean, the, there, there's, some music, there's some keep music you could put into the background of a, of, a, of a quick clip scene that would work exactly for this this series. Uh, can we also say that the um, spaceship that it created was also along the same lines? I thought it was excellent. And it, okay, also with the spaceship, like the way that it took off was just like, no. <laughs> it can't take off straight up from where the engine's obviously at the back. <laughs> Every single sci- science, science. Not fiction. everyone. A lot of them do. We're the we're the one that used the old fashioned. Just put the rocket in the back. <laughs> well, the rocket was in the back. It may have had some like boosters on the bottom. Yeah, probably, boosters you know. on the bottom. Definitely felt like you know, get break gravity. Being lifted by a string, you know, up up off the ground. <laughs> background yeah. perspective. Although, okay, so the special effects in this episode were terrible, although some of the outer space parts were okay. I would point out that when we first arrived on the planet, though, the set design was pretty decent. It was. When yeah. uh, Ramon and the Doctor were walking around. Yeah, I mean, a beautiful forest, like lush, you know, environment as well. I thought that was cool. I was glad when Ramona took off that awful apron. Still, <laughs> oh, still yes. not one of her best outfits, but with that apron on, oof. Eh, that was fine. I, the, I like the outfit after the apron, uh, but it, yeah, I, I totally. It agree. definitely screamed seventies. Yeah. Uh huh. It was fine. Um, I I but I enjoyed actually all the the uh, extra actors like all the extras. Their costume design was fun. Oh yeah, like the scavenger people yeah. that were like stealing stuff all the time. And Adastra's co- costuming was actually really the good. The prop department had fun with this one. They just <laughs> everything that was like 
What, what do we have in its middle? Here, here, here. A goose. Mm-hmm. I, were there geese on this planet? Didn't <laughs> seem to be. The plants probably would have eaten them. <laughs> and, and what I thought was a really stupid-looking prop at the first episode... When we first saw the... What the became, communication yeah, thing? Yeah, I was like, this is the dumbest looking like thing. But once you saw that it had lights in it that were kind of... You couldn't see them until it lit up. Like, it was actually, especially for the time, a pretty cool prop. It was. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a big steering wheel. Yeah. yeah. The castle yeah. was nicely done. Yeah. It was. I mean, the, the setting here was re- uh, overall, I think, one of the best features. Was yeah, they did pretty well. Even their caves, I mean, they they probably reused from something else, but they were good. Yeah. yeah. There were effects, and there are some things that were lacking, and, you know. The but. skulls were pretty convincing, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the guards are very convincing, since they allowed these people to come in and rob them so easily. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah, they, they seemed pretty ineffective, just in general. <laughs> yeah, they did. I, I think, you know, the, the tribesmen's, like, whole thing was, like, they'll be looking for us exactly where we are, so we'll go to their place. But I don't think that they were actually doing that. <laughs> yeah, also, they didn't seem to. Well, be. also, Lady Adastro was away, so they could just kind of relax a little bit more. Yeah, it normal. did kind of seem like Lady Adastro took like all the good guards. She also yeah, she also stressed like, out everybody everywhere yeah, she pretty went. Pretty sure from the way her character worked, the minute she was out of sight, everyone's just like, "I don't have to <gasps> work anymore." I'm yeah, just, I'm gonna sit down and relax. Big sigh of relief. Yeah, she'd be a lot to work under. <laughs> I mean, her motivations, though, I think were actually, like, one of the strongest plot points in this, of her being someone who holds a monopoly over the metal and then, you know, encounters someone who's going to create a surplus of metal on the planet, mm-hmm. and, you know, she just, like, captures it and keeps it all secret and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, that actually, you know, made, made sense. It tracks. And it, even when she was, like, me. ridiculously being like, no, it's lying, when it obviously wasn't at this point, like, you can see how someone who would do all of those things would also just like freak out like that so i thought that was done really well no, i mean yeah so for the kids you know sharing is caring That's yeah. i i think it's one of those things that and it's really weird to say but you think it's like oh it's a childish that would never happen in the real world like no that would exactly happen in the real world if you can you know, if, plenty of monopolies you know that maybe not be uh under that name today but still seem to be thriving we, we, we like to say it's an acquisition now and we're growing the company right <laughs> That's one way to put it. Well, that was a downer. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Shall, shall, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? We shall. All right, so I thought this was a fun romp, for one. Um, I, I really like Romana, um, you know, as a companion. I, I really like the dynamic of having a time lady in the mix and somebody who's as competent, maybe much more... Yeah, the, the doctor will let her do the TARDIS when it mattered. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, they both did, but... Yeah, yeah and, and K-9, you know, just adds, you know, some extra, you know, sci-fi sounds and other things into the mix, <laughs> including just a, a wonderful personality and um, a, a powerful capability, too, that we don't always see, mm-hmm. you know, in the doctor's story, at least from, you know, physical sense. Um, but I, I liked having, you know, a, a, a big creature in a pit with mystery. I loved having, you know, a hippy-dippy astrology weather guy um, <laughs> in the mix playing off the doctor. Um, I thought there was good comic relief and, and funny moments here. I thought there was some, you know, decent action and intrigue. Um, but honestly, I just think it was a fun story with a lot of 
um, good elements that was worth watching. Um, it's not going to go down in history as one of the greatest stories. It's not going to leave me thinking at the end of the day and from any sort of philosophical standpoint. Um, I don't feel like I learned much or I grew as a person from watching this, but it was what it was. It was set up to be entertaining. Um, not optimized, but still, it was it was good, especially, I think, for you know a classic story based on some others that I've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. For me, this is going to get a fair 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go next. Um, I think the most glaring problem with this episode that, like, if I were going to introduce someone to Doctor Who and all I had was this story to show them, (laughs) I would not because I would be embarrassed because they would watch it and they would see all of the things that are, like, the worst aspects of watching sci-fi from, like, the 70s and 60s and everything. That said, to Colin's point, it was very entertaining. There were there was a lot of humor in this, and it was just kind of a light, you know, fun little fluff story. Watching Romana just like order those, you know, ruffians about and have them just obey her was awesome. K Nine was awesome. The astrology guy, you know, like there was a lot of good characters and stuff in this. But, you know, the plot w- seemed a bit slapped together. The props were. I mean, the creature was just, it was, it was embarrassingly just, like, bad and phallic. Um, so I am going to give this one a 4.5 out of 10. Ow. Oof. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, let's get out. Let's, the bruising's now been happened. Let's just go back to a more fun side of the world. Oh, that's why I thought I should go second. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back down to this, reality. This... This episode, I think, is one of the ones where they they had a prompt, they knew what they wanted to do, <laughs> they knew what they wanted to do when they named the monster. Before they even designed it, they knew what they wanted to do, is all I'm saying. But why? Sorry. <laughs> because it was... Talk to Freud about it. <laughs> the point is that they came in here, they had goals, and they, what their kind of goal was, they wanted to make something entertaining. It, this felt like a slapstick episode, like it just... Had just things that were fun to it. I am going to agree with you, Shelby. I would never show this to a person who's never watched Doctor Who ever. But I would, I would say this would be a great uh, story to say. I I now have a reason why to get my friends hooked on Doctor Who because I can show them all the highs, and then show them this episode and say this is one of the things that came at the beginning, <laughs> and just have them question. All my life choices for different reasons, and um, why is that a goal of yours? <laughs> because I like to make everyone just wonder about me. Point is, well, I, that's mission accomplished. The point is, though, when you want something that's just gonna be fun and it works for Whovian fans, this is a good one. Um, is it good for the for again a newbie? No. Uh, so for me, I say uh, 7.5. I actually really enjoyed it for what it was. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to write a philosophy paper about it. <laughs> but I would say I don't regret watching it. And there have been ones where I've kind of, you know, I've had my regrets sometimes. But not this one. Not this one. Okay. So it's the truth, Michael. <laughs> Please tell us. Analyze. This story falls into the category of in my bottom 30 stories. Um, It is definitely not 
in uh, in everybody's number one or number ten or top ten lists for sure. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Mystery Science Theater three thousands. This is this is this would be perfect for Mystery Science. Th- the, whatever you just said. Yes, I can't even talk. Mystery Science Science Theater three thousand. Yes. Um, I would say that this does have an entertaining value to it, um, and most Doctor Who does, but I think a lot of that comes from Lala Ward and Tom Baker, and uh, uh, to a fair amount, some of the supporting cast members that were decent, um, the old guy, or I just said his name and I can't remember it already, Organon. Um, I think um, it does get a bit cartoonish, it gets a very... There's so much silliness to it, and that's part of this era, too, because if you remember, Douglas Adams was the script editor for this season. So, of course, there's going to be quite a bit of ridiculousness um, surrounding the stories. Um, do I think that it had too much ridiculousness? Possibly. Um, but um, I think part of the letdown for this episode is the budget that they had to work with. If they had a budget to work with this story... It could have been a much more convincing phallus. It would have been a lot... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's literally on the floor laughing. <laughs> Never thought I'd see that. <laughs> That's like one of those true RFL moments. RFL. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael. <laughs> no, that was totally worth it, I'm, I'm going to say. Um, but uh, to get back to the rating... So your mystery is showing. <laughs> um, Plot-wise, no. Character-wise, E. And uh, entertainment value, way through the roof. I'm going to give this, though, this gets only a 4 out of 10 from me. Um, I was debating between 4 and 4.5 out of 10, so... Put a five there, shall we? At least um, yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're doing um, here. Also, I have. Or... But here's the thing: is that I'm also looking at all the other Doctor Who stories, and this one, by far, is definitely not anywhere close to most of the, uh, a lot of other ones. Um, I, I, why would anyone want to see this as their first Doctor Who adventure? I, I don't know. They wouldn't have a second Doctor Who adventure. <laughs> Possibly not. I could think of only a few other stories that they'd probably say that about too. But we haven't gotten to all of them yet. Uh, some of the Sylvester McCoy ones, I think we did, and we rated pretty low. But um, I know Jeremy, you ha- I think have the lowest. Well, besides Craig, have the lowest score of the four of us. Um, at zero. He rated Dragonfire at zero. What would you have rated Dragonfire, by the way? What would I have rated Dragonfire? I would have given it probably a seven or an eight. I really liked Dragonfire. I I think think we did. We did do Dragonfire, didn't we? We yeah, did, yeah did we, we but I, I couldn't tell you what I rated it. Yeah, we can't always remember Honestly, everything. It depends, depends on my mood. Yeah, honestly, a lot of my ratings have to do with expectations, and I'm usually always coming into this episode with, like, a Michael or something like, oh, by the way, we're about to watch the worst episode, or this is so good, and I'm like... That's real. That really jars with my expectations. So basically, basically, what I need to do is just say every episode is an episode or a story. Is that it, Michael? Yeah. I'm gonna say one thing. I've watched you. You can't. Yeah, I don't don't think you're capable either. You can't hide your excitement (laughs) or your or. Your glee of watching this stuff. Yeah, you'll you'll you'll, you trying to be neutral about it. Be like this episode. Well. 
Uh, next week's episode is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's always like, even if you're, I'm not going to say anything. But the one thing that I will say, <laughs> it's a five minute long speech. <laughs> well then, I need to learn to stop talking. Then I'll just come in and let you know that the next story we watch is the Nightmare of Eden, and I won't say any more. Yeah. It, well, know at home as you're listening to this. After we turn off this podcast, there's going to be a another podcast worth of content on Doctor Who um, that just, you know, is lingering out into the radio waves that won't actually get to your podcast. (laughs) It will just keep coming. Well, we do tend to like talking about what we just saw. That's why we're here. Yeah. (laughs) And hopefully that's why you're here as well. Yeah, thank Mm -hmm. you for listening. All right. Well, that concludes our story and episode tonight. I hope you all have a great night. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. And I'm Jay Jeremy. Not sure why we reintroduced ourselves, but <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>